I hope people understand that their very simple decision can have a much bigger impact. In the state of Indiana, if every household would spend just $35 more a week with local businesses, we'd have over $1.8 billion more dollars for our state. And so our little decisions really do add up to major impact. That was Mel McMahon Stone, co-founder of Indiana Originals. We'll hear more from Mel on the Hopeful Hoosier podcast, episode 15. I'm Andy Dix. Have you ever asked yourself, what difference can I make? Making a positive difference in your community might be easier than you think. In this episode, you'll find out one simple choice you can make that will create and keep jobs, multiply the impact of each dollar you spend by three for your local economy, lower your taxes, connect with your neighbors, keep your community unique and attractive, and increase donations that support local charities and causes. How can you choose to do that in a simple and easy way? Here's a hint. There's an app for that. Listen in on my conversation with Mel McMahon Stone, recorded in February 2020 from the offices of Indiana Originals, and find out how she is making it easy for you to make a positive difference by shopping local. Indiana Originals helps consumers support local businesses. They have an Indiana Originals app that you can download to your mobile device, and you can also search for locally owned and operated businesses on their website at indianaoriginals.com. They certify a business as an Indiana original when it's owned and operated in Indiana, headquartered here, and is not a part of an out-of-state franchise. I asked Mel McMahon Stone how she and her husband came up with the idea for founding Indiana Originals. In the spring of 2012, Lance and I were walking around Monument Circle and we wanted to go someplace local for dinner. So we threw out some restaurant names um, from downtown Indianapolis and I just said, is it local? And Lance is like, well, I don't know. I said, well, how do you know if it's local? And that's where the whole conversation got started. From there, the only thing we could determine was that you had to ask. Because apps weren't really a big thing in 2012, so there wasn't an app. I found one list online, but it had franchises, which was not what I was looking for. Uh, There wasn't a sticker. There wasn't really anything. And in researching how to find these businesses, we came across a lot of who's your business owners that were proud to be local business owners and wanted people to know that they were local business owners. And we found a lot of people who were like us that would support local businesses if it were more convenient. And so we decided that we were going to come up with something to make identifying and supporting local faster and easier. And so we brainstormed the name with a six-year-old at the dinner table. IndianaOriginals.com was available. And so we bought the domain and launched the first website in May of 2014. Tell me the mission of Indiana Originals. The mission of Indiana Originals is to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. We do that by encouraging and facilitating a greater use of independent Indiana-based businesses. The mission for me personally is to show what's great about our state, not the hate in our state. There are amazing people, wonderful Hoosiers doing great things to make this world a better place, and we want to highlight them. I do a lot of talks on why local matters, and yes, there are the economic benefits, which are what you hear about the most, right? So when you spend your money with local businesses, you're pumping money right back into the economy, sometimes three to five times more money than if you were to spend that dollar at a national chain. 
For every $100 spent locally, at least 68 of that stays here in the local economy, which makes a big difference when you're looking at education, health and wellness resources, sidewalks, those kinds of things. But really, besides creating jobs, besides lower taxes, these local businesses are helping you connect with your neighbors. You know, you're connecting in a way that you can't with a national company. You know, local ownership means roots in the community. It means influence in decisions affecting our lives and our local environment. And the stronger the relationship between our residents and our job creators, the greater the opportunity for healthy, vibrant communities. You know, we keep our communities unique and attractive. Uh, we support a healthier community. And something a lot of people don't know is local businesses donate twice as much to local nonprofits as big national chains do. And that's a huge impact because those are the people on the front lines, you know, helping those of us that can't help ourselves all the time. So it's a big ecosystem that people just aren't aware of. And we want to make them more conscious of that. And we want to help people think local first. And if you can get it locally, do it. Make it happen. So imagine an armored bank truck. And when you choose to shop with an out-of-state company, $68 of every $100 you spend is being packed into the truck and driven right out of your local community. Bye-bye. Now, imagine a giant community piggy bank right in the center of your town. According to consulting firm Civic Economics, for every dollar you choose to spend with a local business, 68 cents of it is deposited right back into that community piggy bank and is used to make your hometown a better and more vibrant place to live and raise your family. Mel explained what she calls the multiplier effect of local business. So there's this thing called the multiplier effect of local business ownership. So going back to that $100, when you spend that $100 and 68 of those dollars are staying in the local economy, that $68 gets spent again and again and again and again. And a lot of these big box stores, you know, they get really good deals to move into our communities, but they're not really contributing that much. You know, local business owners are not getting the same tax breaks as these big companies are asking for and receiving. And they have a much bigger footprint. And they have a much bigger environmental impact. And honestly, they put down a lot of pavement, right? There's environmental impacts as well that we don't think of. And when you spend money with your local businesses, you're pumping money right back into the economy through taxes, payroll, and purchases. And that means more money for our roads, education, health and wellness resources, other services, new jobs, libraries. I mean, that's where the quality of life is coming from, is these local business owners who are advocating for where they want to live. And you just don't have that same connection with a big national chain. And again, we don't have anything against franchises or national chains. You know, we're just talking about the research, what it's been shown, and what we've lived through. You know, I know some great franchise owners who are very involved in the community. And we often try to find how our members can work with them, right? How can we all work together? Right. What makes Indiana Originals a little different is that, you know, we're set up for people who don't have a playbook. You know, we're set up for people who don't have national brand recognition. You know, we're set up for those entrepreneurs who start out on the island by themselves. And we want to let them know that it's not so lonely. 
And along the way is when they find out about the impact they're really having. Because a lot of people don't realize the economic and the community impact that they will have as an entrepreneur or the opportunities that they'll get or those boards they might be asked to be on. Um, You know, a lot of that comes later. That comes after the idea. That comes after the execution of, I'm going to figure out how to do this on my own. And so we try to help people see those opportunities in front of them and try to help people work together so we can all benefit. And on top of that, I mean, think of the resources that get fought for by local businesses. You know, they're fighting for the roads to be repaired. They're fighting to get sidewalks put in. They're fighting to have water issues taken care of. You know, a lot of these big box stores, you know, they don't have stakeholders here that have that same decision-making power. Um, yeah, you'll have a general manager, you know, you'll have um, a district manager, you'll have people who might be from the area, but they don't have that same clout as the owner does. And so that's what we see a lot is, you know, the owners fighting to keep their communities unique, keep them thriving, keep them desirable. You know, I oftentimes I'll do a talk and I'll say, okay, who here is from Fishers? And you'll have one or two people raise their hands. And I'll say, okay, how many times do people say, we want to come to Fishers on vacation? And they kind of sheepishly look at me and are like, uh, not much. Okay, well, why is that? Well, because historically, Fishers has been very commercial. A lot of what you can get there, you can get in other towns. Right. They're working to change that, and they're making progress. But... If you had the choice between spending a weekend in Nashville, Indiana, and going to Brown County and going to Fishers, more than likely people are going to pick Nashville because it's unique, because it's not the same thing you can get everywhere else, because it has an appeal that you can't find in other places. And that's what localism is really about, is making people want to be there. You know, why are our malls going under? Well, because the corporate stores are closing. Right? If there's nothing there, people don't want to go there. If businesses aren't there paying rent, they can't fix the buildings. You know, it's one big cycle that people don't think about all the pieces that fit and how they fit together. Fortunately, the pieces can come together. The social and economic fabrics of our communities are woven together when we each make a commitment to the greater good or well-being of our communities. When we choose to put down roots, we invest in an area we call home. We become stakeholders with an interest in how our neighborhoods and communities evolve and grow. To continue to strengthen our communities, Mel believes we need more local business owners with a stakeholder mindset. What we need to do in the business environment is get out of the shareholder mindset and back to the stakeholder mindset. I think what we see a lot with big corporations, because they're the ones who make the news, is, you know, oh, they're cutting these jobs. But, hey, their stock's going to go up, so somebody's making money from it. Hey, we're cutting operations, but our shareholders are going to make more money from it, so it's okay. Oh, our CEO's going to get a bonus. You see that over and over and over again. I've seen it in my career, right? I mean, when I started working at the broadcast company I was with the longest, you know, they had over... 700 employees at the time and now I think there's maybe 200 or less but the people at the top seem to be making more money 
You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that going on. And so what local business owners can really bring to the table is the thought process of how their decisions and their advocacy affects more than just them, right? It affects their employees. It affects their own family. And we need that reality check a lot. And I don't think we have that enough, you know, with big corporations because you're looking at numbers. You're not looking at stories, right? You're looking at quantity, not quality. And there's lots of different ways to do things. You know, we're not advocating one way is better than the other. We're just advocating to really think about the impact of your decisions. You know, think about, is that going to create jobs or is that going to take jobs away? Okay, well, if it takes jobs away, how else can we create jobs? Okay, well, what can we do instead? Okay, well, yes, this is more efficient, but is it more efficient in the long run or just right now? And I think the same thing has to go with when we're making, you know, economic decisions or community-based decisions. Like, yes, we could do this, but how much better could it be if we brought in owner A, owner B, and owner C? And how could we do it together? And that's where the stakeholders come in, right, is really looking at the big picture. Who is going to be affected by this? You know, is the environment going to be affected? Are we going to lose wildlife if we build, you know, a building here? Okay, well, if that's the only place that building can go, what else can we preserve? You know, looking at the bigger picture and not just shareholders, but looking at the stakeholders, that's another way Indiana Originals makes an impact is helping people understand all the different levels and all the factors that need to go into these big decisions. To become a member of Indiana Originals, your business must be approved, and that means that its owners are Indiana residents, the company is headquartered here, and it's not a part of an out-of-state franchise organization. Next, I ask Mel to share a real-world success story of an actual Indiana Originals member. I can think of a ton of examples to answer this. Uh, one that easily comes to mind is the owner of the building my office is in, David Glenn of Coasterstone. He also owns Novelty Mint and Mint Box. But he encompasses and really embraces being an Indiana Original because he understands the community aspect. So the way we got in the building is because he had rented the west side of the building to an insurance company, and they ended up moving out, and he had a bunch of offices that were available. And so instead of having some you know, big company come in, he asked me, do you think Indiana Originals members would be interested in some office space that was really affordable? I'm like, well, maybe I would think so. I hope so. And so I was promoting the spaces for him, and... In the process, the office I was supposed to move into didn't work out. I was like, well, I need office space too. Well, now this entire building, which is quite large, I mean, we're talking about 5, 10, 15,000 square feet plus, is full of Indiana Originals members. Because he understands that, you know, sometimes people just need a helping hand, right? Like, this is a great opportunity. And now we're a big collaborative environment. Right? We have Market Wagon on one side, you have Neurogroove in here, you have Amazing Hazels in here, AEF Emblem is here. It's just a big collaborative community. And he's always asking for referrals for other Indiana Originals members. You know, like, hey, I need someone who does this. Who do we have in Indiana Originals? You know, he really embraces thinking local first. And he's really community-minded, too. You know, he's the one running the Spiritware store for his kids' school. You know, he's the one volunteering at the kids' school festivals teaming up with, you know, the Humane Society in Hamilton County for, you know, their big event. And it's, it's because he can. 
right? It's because he has that opportunity and he has that heart to really create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. And, you know, he has 27 employees, I think. I mean, so that's 27 families that he's impacting. Uh, what, what kind of benefits would I see if I became a, a member? Well, the first thing that we do is we certify everybody as local. Then you get to put your business on our website. So it works as a directory. We like to say we're the Google of local, right? So you put in what you're searching for. It'll show you the members that qualify for that, or it'll show you a map of who's around you. There's lots of different ways to search this. Then the other piece is that you get to use our trademark Indiana Originals logo on anything that you want to. So as soon as people see that logo, they know they're supporting local. And there's an entire population out there who does think local first and wants to spend their money locally and will do it if it's faster and easier to do. And so using that badge really takes the guesswork out for them. You can promote your events and specials on our website. You can access to exclusive member-only content. We have member-to-member -member discounts. Uh, we have a lot of advertising opportunities for our members. We have partnerships with eight different media outlets here locally that give our members um, better pricing or maybe different opportunities than you would get if you were on your own. We have referral and consulting services, we have online forums, and we have lots of a la carte opportunities that come our way. So we get reached out to by a lot of different organizations that, hey, we have this event coming up, do you have people who would be great vendors? Or, hey, we're looking for a new IT person. Or, hey, we need to switch accounting firms. Hey, we have this festival coming up and we want your members to be a part of it. We get opportunities sent to us every single day that we pass along to our members that they might not find out about on their own, but being a part of our network, they get to learn about it firsthand. And no matter what membership level you're in, you get all of those benefits that I just mentioned. So really the only difference between the membership levels is the exposure within indianoriginals.com. So when you move up to the premium level, you get everything I mentioned, plus a highlighted listing in the search results, we write a featured blog article about you and blast it out on all of our social media outlets and it lives on our blog so you can link to it at any time. And you also get a rotating banner ad on our search page, which is really helpful as well. Then when you get to the highest level, which is the plus level, you get all of that plus another ad that shows up in different parts of our website, also an Indiana Originals welcome video, and you get a guaranteed spot on our radio show as well, which every member has an opportunity to get on our radio show but we only air it once a week, so there's only so much we can do, and you get top priority in the scheduling for that. So now let's talk about the human element of Indiana Originals. What sort of interactions and opportunities does the solopreneur or the entrepreneur have to connect in and, and not just network, but to form a, a business community of like-minded people um, to support their growth and, and their development? In their business here in the state? We have several different opportunities for that. We do host in-person events. Um, we call them our Indiana Originals Experiences. And so, uh, for example, in January, we went to the tie-dye lab in Avon. So got a bunch of business owners together. We tie-dyed our own t-shirts. Uh, send a friend lasagna, who's one of our members, fed us. Uh, if you haven't tried it, it's delicious lasagna. And it was a great way to connect in a non-pressure environment and just get to know each other. Um, we did the same thing in February at the Biltwell. It was Kids Fest Day. And so Santorini and MBB Catering, also members, did all the food. Silly Safaris was there with a bunch of animals, which was super fun for the kiddos. Storytellers of Indiana, I mean, the best Three Little Pigs story I've ever heard in my life was told at that event. And so again, a way for people to connect, 
see what other members do, no pressure. We also have ways to connect online. We have a group on Facebook. Um, Support Local has almost 500 members in it now. And it's just a way for people to share what they're doing or to ask for things, right? Like, hey, do we have anybody in Indiana Originals who does this? Or, hey, I need an accountant. I need whatever that is. You can post it in that group. And we have something similar on indianaoriginals.com in our forums. We have a public forum and then we have a members only forum. So chances for vendor opportunities are posted on there, how to maximize your membership. All those links are on there as well. Opportunities that come internally for us, we post them there. People asking for advice on trade shows or, hey, I'm thinking about going in this direction with my business. Has anybody done that before? You know, again, it's that community aspect. And so there's lots of different opportunities to get to know other members. And that doesn't even include what we do on TV and radio as well. And so we try to help people find the resources that they need to be successful, help them avoid mistakes that others have made along the way. You know, entrepreneurship can be extremely lonely. And the reality is more than half the businesses that are developed fail within the first year. That's a really high number, a very high number. And lots of people have great ideas. They just don't know how to execute it. And we want to help make sure that people have the tools that they need to be successful. Why would you advise an Indiana business to join Indiana Originals? If you're passionate about creating healthier, stronger communities, if you want to help create more jobs in Indiana, if you are proud who's your business owner, we're the ones that are going to help you share that story. We're going to help you get in front of the customers that that matters to. And that's why you should join. Entrepreneurship is one of the toughest jobs you'll ever love. And some people even say it's the toughest job you'll ever live because it can be very consuming. And I'm sure you've had to sort of talk members off the ledge uh, more than a few times as they start struggling with the adversity and the challenges and the doubts and everything else. When you run into the entrepreneur who's, who's really at wit's end, what, what do you think you say that, that offers them hope that they can get through this and get to another tomorrow? I ask them why they're doing it. If the answer is to make money, you're in the wrong business. Most entrepreneurs that are successful have a bigger mission than just making money. So remembering your roots, remembering why you started it, what problem did you want to solve, really helps people figure out if they're on the right path or not. You know, and sometimes it is better for someone to go do something else or maybe own a franchise instead of their own business. You know, there are lots of different ways to be successful. And so the first question I ask someone is, well, why are you doing it? And if they can give me a why, they're going to be okay. If they say, I don't know, then they need to go do something else. So what energizes you or gets you most excited about the work you're doing here? I'm a cheerleader, right? If I love something, I tell everybody, you know, I'm an echo point. And I get really jazzed up when I get to help people tell their story. Because that's what makes local business different. It's the story behind the product or the service or where they came up with that idea. And every single day I get to help people promote themselves and get them to stand out from their national competitors. And that's what I absolutely love doing. You know, I don't love sitting working on the website. That's not what I like doing. But I do like knowing that I helped match up an Indiana original with a new customer 
like, oh, I have somebody who'd be perfect for that for you. Look at this category here. Or, yeah, let's help you tell that story. I'm going to help you get on TV. Or, oh my gosh, I would love for you to be a guest on my radio show. Let's tell that story. You know, anytime that I have a chance to be a storyteller and really get our members out in front of that new customer, that's when I get really excited. Now, of course, Mel doesn't just get to be a cheerleader and help other Indiana businesses and entrepreneurs. She and her husband, Lance, are entrepreneurs themselves who own a business. Maybe you've thought or even dreamed about being your own boss. I asked Mel how she decided it was time to start living her dream. I think I secretly always knew I was going to work for myself, but didn't really know how I was going to do it, right? Or what I was going to do necessarily. It's very different than working for someone else because you are your own boss, which means you're the one who makes sure things get done, but you're also at fault if things don't get done. And I think for a lot of people, that is a really big challenge, you know, because they might be okay sitting on their couch and watching TV in the afternoon, but then they need to make sure that they spend a couple hours on things, you know, in the evening to make up for that. So I think one of the biggest challenges of working for yourself is figuring out how to do it, especially when you are a really big people person. I am a very big people person. I get my energy from being with other people as opposed to my husband who's the opposite, right? Like I could go out five nights a week, stay home two. He maybe wants to go out two nights a week, but he's going to stay home five. When you work for yourself, especially when you work from home and you don't have any place to go, at first it was actually quite depressing, which people didn't realize. But when you have somewhere to go, you, you have a plan, right? You have a path. You have that hope like, okay, this is what we're doing today. But when you first transition, you have to figure it all out. And I remember calling my aunt who had worked from home for years at this point, And I was just like, how do you do this? Like, I am, I'm depressed. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to get started. And she told me, you, know, you get up, you take a shower, you get dressed just like you are going to a normal job. You just have a different office. So getting over that hump was the hardest part for me, was being like, okay, I need to go out. I need to find my people. They're not going to be coming to me. I need to go find them. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that challenge, especially ones with you know, a bubbly personality, more of that networker, that people person. That's a big challenge at first is working from home. And then working on your business or working in your business is a big challenge too. Uh, so Indian Originals is going to be six in May. And I officially went full-time in August of 2018. And I just knew I was ready. Like I knew. So we are in a good spot. I know that financially this will be more beneficial than what I'm doing now. And fortunately I was right. But it was a big risk taking that jump, right? Because I held our benefits. I, you know, was bringing in a consistent paycheck. And I looked at the numbers and I said, wow, if I put the energy that I was doing my radio shows into Indiana Originals, I bet I could make more money. And it's true. And that's very much what entrepreneurship is about, right? It's about being in control of your own destiny. And when you work for someone else, you know, that's impossible, mm -hmm. right? Because your future is up to them, especially, you know, with my broadcasting background, you know, I saw that every day. And so many people mix up their identity and their roles and they think they're the same thing. 
And so if they lost their radio show, they lost who they were. And that's just not right, and it's not sustainable. Like, you can't survive that way. And so a big piece of entrepreneurship is being able to make those decisions that do put your life into that trajectory that you want it to, that do go with your hopes and dreams. And I think a lot of times, too, we give too much credit to outside factors when really we are in control of that lifestyle that we want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to make hard decisions to get it that way. But that's one of the biggest advantages of owning your own business is you get to decide what you want to do. And some businesses lend themselves to different lifestyles than others. But you know that going into it, right? You know that if you own a restaurant and you're going to be open six days a week, you're going to be working seven. You know, it's going to be really, really hard to have a day off. But if you build a business that you can work from home, um, you know, most days some people might not even know if you're working or not. It can go lots of different directions. Um, But it is really important that, you look at the kind of life that you want and decide what is important to you and then figure out how to build that. When the doubts hit, and I'm sure they do, mm-hmm. when do they hit and how do you deal with them? The life of an entrepreneur is a constant roller coaster, right? You could wake up in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best day ever. And by 1030, you get an email that something didn't go right. And you're like, oh my gosh, why am I even doing this? But then at 11, you get a phone call thanking you for a connection you made. And again, it's the best day ever. And it is this constant up and down every single day. And sometimes I think, okay, what would my life be if I wasn't doing this? What would I do differently? And sometimes I don't like thinking of those scenarios, right? I'm like, man, I just would not be happy working for someone else again. I don't know that I could. Now, there's lots of different things I could do. And within Indiana Originals, we do lots of things. Um, you know, there's always different avenues we're looking at, too. Of You know, oh, we could open this, we could do this, we could start this. And I feel like that's almost what it's always going to be. But when you have those tough times, it's important to look at why those are on your mind. Are they on your mind because you just need to remind yourself of the good times and that this is worth it? Or are they on your mind because you seriously need to think about doing something else? And if you need to think about doing something else, that's totally okay. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to make a different choice. Like, oh, I started this. Man, everybody's going to be so disappointed in me if I choose to do something else. No, the people who matter are going to be supportive of you no matter what you decide to do. You know, if you have an opportunity and you're like, you know, this really is a better fit for my family, Go do it. If a listener has been hanging with us through this conversation to this point and uh, they are, are thinking about something they could be doing to make our future a little bit better, what challenge would you issue to them? I'm always going to go back to impact. It could be something small. It could be something big. We don't know people's stories. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know where they've come from or where they're going. And a lot of times we make our day-to-day decisions just about us. When the world could be a much better place if we do something a little differently. You know, maybe drive a little less aggressively, right? Not flip somebody off at the stoplight. 
hold a door open for someone. You know, our little decisions can make a huge impact. And when we talk about quality of life, we're not just talking about our jobs. You know, we're talking about our day-to-day experiences. And we have a much bigger effect on others than we will ever realize. And that's what I would call people to check is what is their impact. What's the one thing you hope somebody takes away from our conversation today? I hope people understand that their very simple decision can have a much bigger impact. In the state of Indiana, if every household would spend just $35 more a week with local businesses, we'd have over $1.8 billion more dollars for our state. It's billion with a B. That's huge. And that's just $35 a week. Could be one dinner, right? Could be going to a boutique. It could be using a local accounting firm. It could be buying from marketwagon.com. I mean, it could be lots of different things. And so our little decisions really do add up to major impact. When you think of what it means to you to be a hopeful Hoosier, what does that mean? I love to focus on what's great about our state, not the hate that can come out of our state. Lots of things can fall into both of those categories. We have a beautiful state. We have amazing state parks. We have great little towns. It's full of wonderful people. And that's what I'm determined to show people. And to me, being a hopeful Hoosier is knowing that there are amazing resources out there. There are amazing people who are doing wonderful things. And being able to share those stories, I mean, that's what keeps me here. Lots of people can pick up and leave. and. Honestly, it'd be very easy for our family to do the same. But we don't, because we're hopeful Hoosiers. I hope you now appreciate the powerful choice you have with each purchase you make. Whenever you can, I hope you'll choose to shop local. You can download the free Indiana Originals app in your usual app store, or you can learn more on the web at indianaoriginals.com. As a personal side note and testimonial, shortly after talking with Mel, I decided to join, and now my company, AD Growth Advisors, is a member of Indiana Originals. If you own an Indiana business, I hope you'll join with me and become a member too. Special thanks to my guest, Mel McMahon-Stone of Indiana Originals. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave your favorable review wherever you download your podcasts. It helps us to spread our hopeful message to others. You can follow us on Facebook and stay up to date on future episodes. Our theme music was composed and performed by Indiana's own licensed therapist, author, speaker, and amazing human being, George Middleton. Until next episode, this is your hopeful who's your host, Andy Dix, hoping you will do your part to help us create a better and brighter future for us in the state of Indiana.
Thank you for listening. The Hopeful Hoosier Podcast is a production of AD Growth Advisors Incorporated. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.